Kirby. Hello and welcome to the Android Police Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader. This week on the show, it's all about the Pixel 8, Pixel 8 Pro, the Pixel Watch 2, and all the other little things that Google silently threw in or teased us about uh, around the launch, including things that uh, were going to launch with the Pixel 8s and didn't. So we'll get into that a little bit later. We'll also talk about the new Chromebook Plus category of Chromebooks. R is gonna walk us through exactly what this is, why it's important. Are Chromebooks actually computers that people wanna buy or are they just relegated to the classroom? I'm curious about this because uh, I love Chromebooks, but I never end up using them long-term. So maybe I'm part of the problem. As always, joining us this week, Will Saddleberg, R. Wagner, how are you? I'm weirdly energized i i feel like i i was a zombie for half of this week and woke up this morning after a a not very good night's sleep and was like oh i'm back i'm like i'm feeling it i'm feeling a little better it's the lifted weight of yeah i think that's what it is most of your like techtober reviews (laughs) in the can no it's not even that because i don't not that i can talk about that but i don't even have those done i i'm still in the midst of it and and um but i'm off monday i've got a three-day weekend to kind of recover and uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling good. That's amazing. I love it. I love to hear that, especially after the week that, that you've had. Yeah. So, and we'll get into that in a bit. Ara, how are you feeling? I'm good. I picked up my parents from the airport yesterday, so they are probably going to go to a theme park today without me and be a little annoyed because I probably should be going out with them more when they're here. But uh, I'm still slowly recovering from Prime and pixels so it's that been was this a, week too yeah yeah i think i'm thankful though because i'm i got out of prime day spending less than 300 dollars, and 100 of that and 110 of that was a new air purifier so i also bought an air purifier for prime day look at us trying to Yay. make our air cleaner which one did you get just a little one for my office a little lavoit or whatever the brand is. okay i got i got a lavoit but i got one of the larger ones just because i need something with uh i wanted something that's a box style because the ones that are round the filters are just so big and so hard Mm, to store true true i hear that i read somewhere years ago that like i think it was even during the the pandemic that like hepa filters are not as effective as you want them to be that's probably true they well, are they are effective. levels of them. Yeah. But like after I read that, I just took this fatalistic approach. Of, like <laughs> I live with two children. <laughs> you know, I could blast I could blast air purifiers all day every day, but like this is not going to save me and it's it's true. Like I've last week on the show, I had COVID. The week before my son had a cold, now my daughter has a cold. Like this is this is the season of of viruses. And I, I just hope these work for you. For, for me, it is purely trying to cut down on the, the cat hair now that we have two cats. It is oh, yeah. purely that's, trying that's to true. reduce the amount of dander and dust in the air. And, and they do a decent job for that as long as you keep the filters. Like, as long as you monitor your filter status, you're, you're good. Yeah, no, for me, it's a matter of trying to get as much of the allergens and yeah. dust and whatever else out of the air. Yeah, I have no uh, hope for Although I will for, say, for if you want an air purifier for, like, medical purposes, uh, the filter isn't as important as having something that's UVC, so that way it'll, like, irradiate any 
micro particles that get into the filter or pass through the filter. Anyway, I bought <laughs> a new pair of USB-C AirPods Pro. So I clearly am the loser here. <laughs> yeah, you um, didn't buy a filter. That's this I is didn't buy a filter. air filter what please. I, I bought a I bought a, a filter for my ears. Um, <laughs> That's true. I lost one earbud. I lost one of my AirPods Pro yeah. earbuds somewhere. I don't know where they where it is. And it's been driving me crazy. And there was a sale and I bought it. I use it primarily on my work computer. Yeah. Because the sound quality and the, and the connectivity is so good. But I just didn't want to not have a full set. So I bought, I bought a second one. Anyway, I'm clearly the loser here. But let's talk about these phones, this new watch. We'll start with you, Will. You actually reviewed the Pixel A Pro. You spent not a lot of time with it. I mean, some of our competitors, the you know, 9 to 5 Google yeah. in particular, they, they put out an initial review. They said six days with the device is not long enough. We put out our review. You gave it a nine out of ten, an editor's choice. You know, let's defend that decision first and make sure that we understand the context here. I think, unlike other pixels, this one didn't really have any serious issues out of the box, right? You could take it away. It, it worked pretty well. You spent your five, six days with yeah. it. You reviewed it. Did you feel like you had a full impression of it by the end of the review period? I mean, honestly, yeah. It's it's um. Google embargoes are notoriously difficult. Like this is not the first time. Um, I would say honestly, this was nothing compared to the Pixel Fold embargo, which lifted on a Monday. And so, so that was a, you know, the weekend actually really counts kind of thing, right? Like I was able to write this the two days before the embargo lifted to give some behind the curtain kind of stuff, as opposed to the the Pixel Fold, which I wrote on a Saturday. Like I had to work on the weekend for that, right? And it's difficult, but like when there's something like this where it's an event and you get the device at the end of the event, and even though you're traveling back, you have the device in your hands, right? Like you can't use it for any impressions, right? So if you go back and read my my Pixel 8 hands-on, it is purely based on using it at the demo station before I got my unit, right? You can't do any of that, but you do have it, right? So, you know, Taylor and I published our pieces when we were in New York and from there, like kind of finished setting up the phones because they needed to update and and they took a while to update and you do start using them pretty much right away. I had a small classic pixel hiccup where I did have to it, it, it didn't transfer my stuff over from a previous phone. I had to factory reset. It transferred like half of it. If it had done nothing, I probably would have just been like, OK, I'll, I'll do it the right way. But it was like acting up it was a whole thing. Now, that said. I think the update just like interrupted it because I got an update during setup. So it was a whole thing. I don't think most people will, will see that. I think that was a reviewer thing. It's so weird, but it is what it is. It didn't like when I restarted the process after the update setup was fine. It uses the new fast pair um, setup that we saw on the S23, which is great. You don't need to touch a cable. It's it's awesome. But yeah, no, I don't know. Like six days is short. Um, ben Schoen's review at nine to five. You know, yes, it's it's an initial review, but but I am fairly certain Ben's review is longer than mine. So, um, and that's saying something. My review is fifty five hundred odd words or whatever. You know, it's a different uh, uh, title, I guess. But they're, they're they come out to the same thing. I think you know, I I feel confident giving this a nine with some very, very slight hesitation that like, 
hey, like I got back from New York and the temperature dropped pretty much immediately. And like May might roll around, you know, we might have our first 90 degree day in, in, in Buffalo next year. And I'm like, ah, this thing's hot. Like I, I am not completely 100% sold on, on tensors heat issues being done. But otherwise, I feel fairly confident in, in recommending Did this they phone. fix the modem issues? Um, so like, to be honest, I put more work into that last year than this year. Part of the problem is that I haven't had any huge modem issues. Um, you know, the six might've had a, a bar less worth of reception. You know, if you're just going by what the phone is telling you, I I think it did, uh, have less reception at my house than the seven did, but because I had no issues with the seven, really, it's hard for me to tell you whether the modem is, is better in, in the eight or not, because like I said, I wasn't really seeing any problems with the with last gen. So it it's difficult. I haven't had any modem issues here. It doesn't seem like the, the phone's battery is draining more than it should when I'm out and not on Wi-Fi because of a bad cell connection. So that's all I can offer you. I know that's like tricky. It's it's just tricky to measure this stuff because if you're not seeing the issue, what are you supposed to say about it? You know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the only way to really do it is side-by-side comparison, right? You have an S23 Ultra, you have an 8 Pro, you put your SIM card in one, you put it in the other. That's what I did last year. And I was, and and I remember DMing you, Daniel, and and, and being like, hey, I'm I'm still like, this is like giving me a headache. Like the Pixel like doesn't really want to tell me what it's like doing or whatever. It was, I was using the same app to tell me things. It was telling me different numbers or like it wouldn't let me see like specific network settings trying to switch between various network modes of 5G and 4G. I don't know. And, and if you want to talk about stuff where it's like, oh, what can you get done in six days? This is one of those things that you cannot get done in, in, in six days. And I learned that last year, trying to do it in, in that six-day period. I will say for that, I, I think it's not a matter of using the same SIM card. It's a matter of you rope in a friend or a family member and be like, okay, we're going to put your SIM in one of these phones and my SIM in another one of these phones and we just need to go drive around a couple of places, check signal, and then we'll be done and I will buy you like a pizza or a coffee or something. No, I mean, if you have a friend that's willing I, to, I was to gonna do say. that with you, like God, <laughs> God, you keep that friend for the rest of your life. My best friend, uh, God bless him, Ken, if you're listening, lives a mile away, would be perfect for that. He does work for the Sabres whose season started last night. So I think he is busy. busy. <laughs> I think he's has his has his hands tied. So, I'm just so I, I mean, just from what we've gleaned, the 8 Pro, the, the, the G3 has the same modem part as it the seems G2. to be which is the other thing which is why you know if google isn't going to upgrade this stuff yeah, there's only so much worth testing about it i guess because i wouldn't expect it to perform any better or worse i guess it could but i wouldn't expect it no i mean there there are a few things right it's it's not just the modem it's the it's yeah. the antenna right. it's the firmware inside the modem it's it's everything right anecdotally in the very very small number of tests that i did I didn't notice a marked improvement or regression in in the modem performance. That said, I never had issues with the Pixel 7 the way that I did with the Pixel 6. Yeah, you, so, you and I are in the same boat on that. It's difficult to, yeah. yeah. Unless you like really... For people that live in more rural areas that don't have good signal, yeah. didn't experience, like, you know, either they lived in older apartment buildings with much thicker walls or they lived further away from a mast those are the people that are going to see improvement year over year. I think there are two things that we can say, right? One is that 
the 5G infrastructure across North America is probably a very different story than it was in 2021. Yeah, right. It is. Yeah. So you can't overstate the number of improvements to the actual network infrastructure and you know, Verizon installing new towers and upgrading their networks and T-Mobile doing the same, that matters, right? That will improve signal for anybody, especially for people in rural areas that, that connect over six and 700 megahertz. And then there's the improvements to the design, the antennas, et cetera. So I don't think it's a problem. It's, I haven't heard anybody call out connectivity issues in their reviews. No, I haven't I think that's probably okay. I think it's also probably safe to say that Qualcomm's modems are still far better and that you're going to have a better experience if you're on a phone with a Snapdragon 8 Gen 2. Well, that's a, so. I feel like that's a foregone conclusion when even Apple is like, screw it, we'll re-sign with Qualcomm, but we're really mad about it. <laughs> like, like these are, modems are tricky. I think we briefly talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but it's. We did. Yeah, Qualcomm is is the champ in the space and they will probably remain the champ for the foreseeable future. Until a- Apple cracks that. That's the foreseeable then, future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not foreseeable because it's taken them six years or something already. yeah that's the that's beyond the foreseeable future i should say yeah just sticking with the soc mm-hmm. you said the first couple of days the phone got toasty and then something changed on the third day things settled yeah. down yeah what was your experience like like in terms of heat yeah i mean this is part of my concern is that when it got really warm it was i mean i, I was taking a lot of shots but i wasn't keeping the camera app open necessarily i was i was keeping the phone in my pocket when i wasn't actively taking a photo and yeah it just got like uncomfortably warm even through a case um on this was on day two while i was trying to take some camera samples i i messaged you about it when it was when it was happening daniel and i've taken in a similar fashion like a lot of photos like that since and it has not gotten that warm and this is part of my issue is like well that was our last warm day it was like 82 degrees out that day the other days i was taking the samples it was like maybe 60 right and my gut says things were just kind of settling down in the background. Maybe I was about to say, isn't that still the break in window where apps are getting like set up and things are. Yeah, just... but I don't I mean, it had been 36 hours and I hadn't I, I, I was done setting up apps 30 hours before that. Like, I, I don't really love to cut phones breaks on that, like unless it's day one, three hours after I set something up. Because frankly, like I haven't had that issue with Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 phones. So I don't know why I should cut the Pixel some slack on that. It's it was like noticeable. Like I Well, but for Pixel, adaptive mm-hmm. battery takes a few days to kick. Yeah, in. but it I I don't I mean that's a different thing too. That's that's a battery life thing. But I I don't like to and I didn't have any issues with battery in general. Battery's good, not great, good. But again, this, this is stuff where like if other phones are getting it right and tensor powered phones are still off the mark, then it's worth noting that that's a problem. So let's take a step back. Yeah. We talked a lot over the last few weeks. We've talked a lot about the subjective, objective improvements, design, matte back, flat display, better, high, brighter display. Display is great. It's, it's really good. It's, it's, it's maybe just shy of, of Samsung's quality but you won't notice unless you put them side by side it's great yeah i think that's all good you don't need to linger there let's talk cameras right this is i think the more complicated conversation (laughs) because there are 
the minor hardware updates, and then there's the AI stuff, some of which is coming to older pixels officially, some of which is coming to older pixels unofficially, some of which can't come to older pixels or probably won't, some of which has just been like gated for no reason. Let's, let's talk about the whole experience, right? How does it feel using this phone with the updated camera UI, with the better sensors, with the AI tools that are currently available? What were your impressions? Yeah, I, I think going back to, you know, is it difficult to write about a phone in six days? The camera section was basically the last thing I wrote, and it is because every other phone you basically write 600 to 800 words if you're going long about what you saw in your photo samples, you share your photo samples, what each lens was like, you know, et cetera, maybe some video quality. With this, you, you know, the pixel was, you know, 800 words on that. And then it was like, okay. And now here's another 800 words on every goddamn software feature that Google decided to include. And they're not even all here yet. And like, I didn't write about anything that wasn't in there yet, like video boost or zoom enhance. And so, yeah, the Pixel is just, it's tricky. Um, I guess my main takeaway would be that, like, the main sensor is pretty good. I have not shot with the 7 Pro and the 8 Pro side by side yet. That is another thing that is is forthcoming in, in a future update once we are out of Techtober. It, to my eye, not side by side, I did not notice a, a huge difference in quality between the sensor on the 7 Pro and the 8 Pro, even at night, it should be letting in more light. It probably is, but I did not notice like a like generational leap or something. They're they're both good cameras. This one is is probably better, but it's a very it is a different sensor, but is it it is a very similar sensor. Like it is so I I, I would not expect like even once you put them side by side, unless the processing is doing something totally crazy, like they should be fairly similar. Um the Pixel remains my favorite phone to shoot on largely because it is really just like a point and shoot kind of thing in a way that like most other Android phones aren't certainly not Samsung phones where I find that like if I just point and shoot, I usually get like a blurry image or, you know, if I really need to like take time to like make sure I'm steady and the subject isn't moving. And with Pixel, you know, you can get a pretty good shot even of a moving image. There's a there is a blurry sample in my review of my cat like leaping over a toy. And even then, it's blurry in a way that like shows motion, not blurry in a way where you're like, oh, that looks bad. I think it came out pretty decent. Aside from Ultra HDR, which we talked about last week and we can talk about more this week, very similar pixel experience to what you've you've come to expect. The ultra wide lens is super wide. Uh, I know in previous years we've talked about like especially on the on the smaller phones like oh can you even tell like wh which is the ultra wide aside from like the decrease in like overall quality at 100 and it's almost 126 degrees like it is a super wide lens i don't shoot in ultra wide particularly often but like if you do and you're looking to take a group shot and it's a big group like i think you'll fit a lot of people in that shot it's kind of ridiculous how how wide it is it is like 6 degrees wider than what you see on the iPhone and yeah. the Galaxy. Like, it's significant. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, Good. like, if you if you look in my review, the, like, I really only have, like, one comparison of it, but it's, like, I am i haven't moved. Like, it, it looks like I backed up. I did not. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And then the the telephoto, again, I, I... It's a little softer than I think I'd like out of this, but that's not out of the ordinary for telephotos, I guess. It captures good shots. Like, I think it's good, you know, super res zoom 
doesn't seem particularly upgraded this year, but I thought it did well last year. I like having that lens the same way that I'm happy that Apple upgraded it to 5X. I think it's just a much more reliable or, or not reliable, but useful lens than, than a, a 3X telephoto lens. So I, I'm happy to see it here. Um, I know there are rumors that, that Samsung is also like ditching its 10x and going back to 5x which is kind of funny i don't think that'll happen i think what they'll end up doing is yeah putting the mi- well they i mean it depends how they do it right if they yeah. want to mimic apple's 5x telephoto and not use a traditional mirror periscope for the 5x they could probably fit both it depends how much space they want to take up right but having a 3x means that you don't really need a periscope which is right. how they can fit a 10x and a 3x. If they want to do a 5x and a 10x, that's going to take up more space. I believe the rumor was 3x and 5x. They would ne- I they would never. They would I would I will put money okay. on that. They would never do that. Why? I, I have no what I benefit? have no skin in this game. It was a leak that I had to add to the S24. No, I get home. it, but I mean like to me that is just a it's that's an inconceivable regression. That I Samsung, agree. Samsung the benefit of an ultra is the 10x right without that they have the s pen no no like, next year they'll have titanium so daniel they have the s <laughs> like <laughs> titanium is not an advantage here no nope. so it's just there i don't i don't think that's a that's a feasible rumor i think what's likely going to happen is that they will find a, try to find a way to put a 5x and a 10x in one phone someone run this as an exclusive Source the Android Police podcast. Daniel Bader God. leaked <laughs> Samsung's. I, mean, I, I have as much credibility as the person who posited there's there's going to be a three X and a five X. Fair enough. Like to me, that just would be. I agree with you. I thought it was. Absurd. I think it's silly, but I, I, yeah, I have no, I have no um, insider knowledge. Anyway, looking at this phone overall, a thousand dollars. You gave it a nine out of ten. I mean, that's basically a ringing endorsement. Your main concerns with it were more on the sort of like hedging side, Mm -hmm. right? Like this is a phone that has a lot to offer right now, but a lot of the software stuff is still unavailable. Yeah. Video Boost, the new Magic Eraser, Super Res Zoom. What's it called? Zoom Enhance. Zoom. So Magic Editor is there, if that's what you're talking about. Sorry, not Magic. No, no, Magic Eraser, the updated. The updated one. Oh, the the one using on device. uh, On device. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. And I'm sure there are others. There there was confusion that Magic Editor wouldn't be there at launch, and it is. That's why I was. Let's actually talk about Magic Editor because now we've been able to use it, and I've got thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts. Okay, so obviously, I mean, everybody's heard, I, I assume a lot of people that listen to this also listen to the Verge cast. They've yeah. heard Nilay Patel's concerns about how this is a bridge too far and how this you know, massive democratization of tools allows the dissemination of misinformation to a much larger degree than just like making these generative AI tools available in like Photoshop or something. Yes, there are mobile tools that can do a lot of this. Even mobile Photoshop and Lightroom can do a lot of these things already, but the fact that it's in the primary editor makes it just a little too easy to manipulate images. Now, that is all well and good. That is not the case with this. I knew I, I, I could feel Magic where editor. you were going. I'm like, I'm like, mm-hmm, Daniel, this talk about the quality. Talk about- of, <laughs> this is one of the worst pieces yep. of software that Google has ever released, period. Yeah. The UI is inscrutable, absolutely inscrutable. It is barely functional. As in its current form, 
right? You have to, you have to, you use it basically like magic editor and then you double tap on the thing and then eraser, you, and you magic pinch eraser. zoom and, and, and you, and you move your shit around yeah. and then you press the checkbox and you get four images that have been generatively filled to reflect the changes you want, right? Four so, different bad choices in my experience. Four bad choices, right? I, I think I did this a hundred times, right? Yeah. My daughter, I showed this to my daughter. She was obsessed so I was like, okay, I'm doing this for every photo that she's in. I'm putting her on a mountain. I'm putting her on a tree. I'm putting her over here. I'm making her tiny. I'm making her huge. None of the results were usable, right? Yeah. This is a parlor trick. Yeah. Not to say that the in a year from now, this will not be a much better product. In a year from now, it'll and still be bad. In like three three years, maybe. All of Neelai's concerns are, are completely valid, right? I agree. But as it is today, in this early version of Magic Editor, this is not going to derail humanity this is a ui disaster it is barely function i mean the fact that it is a rainbow icon separate from all of the other tools well that's an unlabeled separate icon so that's their that's their ai because like they they just that's like the shade of ai color they like to use or whatever like like but it's not even in the when you press edit and you scroll over the carousel to tools. It's not in the carousel. It's off to the side. Deblur, magic eraser, blah blah blah. It's even not some even of the there. new stuff is in is, is in the like like video magic best or, take uh, audio eraser is in is in the tools. Like yeah, best take is in the tools. Like all that stuff is properly in the tools. Magic editor is like on its own island. It is absolutely absurd how poorly designed this UX is. To be fair. It gives you a warning that I shared in my review that says this feature is in its early stages and won't always get it right. So, Daniel, this but it's actually not even that. I mean, like, it never gets it right. First of all, uh, can can but I say second it's, of all, it's object. I'm talking about the UI. I'm the UX. The, the UI is the terrible. Experience. It it just starts by saying basically like like select an object. It's um, yeah. So it it basically is trying to do like what's the tool in photoshop it's not magic lasso it's um what's the one that just selects ob- magnetic no but like like the one Wait, that no. like auto selects objects that's a tool right may not fo- yeah i not know photoshop anymore anyway it's just trying to like pick the object out of the scene it worked maybe one out of four times for me and the other times it would be like there's a, a screenshot in my review of like my my tortoise shell cat on a blue carpet and those are different colors and I, I didn't think it was pretty, like, like, they don't clash, in my opinion. And I had to, like, spend probably, like, five minutes manually highlighting, manually coloring in my cat to try to move her in the shot because it was selecting the cat, the carpet, and, like, one of the nearby toys. And I was like, this is not, like... I don't understand why you're not like like this. It's it's not like I'm doing two blue objects. Like it, this is this is very clearly a different thing in the shot. It is kind of crazy. You can't figure this out because I bet if I put it in, I bet if I put it in Magic Eraser, it would probably erase my cat. No problem. Not that I want that to happen to Murphy. She's a very sweet cat. But like the fact that you have to like zoom into the shot. You know, you're talking about the UI. You have to like <laughs> paint it with your thumb or whatever right like slowly like try to fill in the gaps and then it gets it wrong and you have to erase and do it again it's genuinely a headache and you do all this for however long and then you move the object or you do whatever you want to do to it and you look at it and you're like it didn't do it right it's it's a blurry mess it this looks embarrassing 
I mean, this, as I said, it's a parlor trick. Like yeah. my daughter was delighted when, so I, if you have some intentionality with this, right? If you frame a shot with the knowledge that you're going to later use Magic Editor to manipulate the subject, you can get better results. So for example, I had my daughter sort of like hug a tree and like look like she was climbing the tree, but obviously she wasn't. And then I moved her up to one of the branches high up on the tree. And like it kind of, I had to execute this like I think five or six times. I got 20 images because you get a set of four every time. I got 20 images before I got one that even looked remotely like she was climbing the tree. But eventually I got a decent result and I showed it to her and she was delighted, right? But she's five. I got zero results where you could pass this off as something beyond just a really, really poor Photoshop edit. Like there are no situations, and like Magic Eraser where I legitimately have used these images on social media. There were no examples here where I could safely put this on Instagram and be like, here's this thing that I did, right? Like, and, and again, like I'm not trying to mislead anybody, but I'm saying if you're using this tool responsibly and you actually want it to be something more than just a gimmick, which I think it is at the moment, it has to be a bit more useful and a bit more intelligent than it is right now. And it's not, it's not even close, right? The UI is bad, the results are bad. The integration with Google Photos is bad. Like this is an alpha. This is not even a beta in my opinion, this is an alpha. And I think that when they showed this off at Google I.O., they gave the perception or the impression that they were way further along with this tool than they were. I think launching it with the Pixel 8 was probably a mistake because it, needs another six months to a year in the oven. And that is just the way it is. But this was a marquee AI feature that the Pixel 8 rests a lot of its advantages about over, right? Like they're launching the Pixel 8 with Magic Editor and it's nowhere close to ready. So that's one thing. I wanna also talk about Best Take because that's the other example here. Best Take is amazing. I don't like Best Take, but that's... Fine. And I don't even, I've, I'm not talking hypothetical. I just, when I tested it, I, I didn't think it did a particularly impressive job. That's all. I thought it did a fantastic job. I know other people seem to have better luck with it than I have. I, I, I don't, you know, um, I'm going to try more. Like I would like to get a shot. The, the, the group shot I took, my friends were like, yeah, I would rather you not post it on, on your review. And I was like, fair. So I'm going to try to get a group of, a different group of friends that will let me post it. Just go up to somebody random like Google. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in that very, very real video that they showed. But yeah, I, I think like the UI here is well considered. There, yeah. It, that I agree it with. It works really well. It, it's so good. In fact, that it borders on uncanny. Like I felt uncomfortable See, changing I, I didn't, the but, faces of people that I knew. Yeah. Because it did such a thorough job in, in a way that like you save the photo and I'm like, yeah, I buy that. I I would buy that as as a as a face swap. Like this is like face off material here. <laughs> I'm impressed with it. I, I I just think when we think about like a single purpose tool like Magic Eraser and how there are moments of like legitimate delight, and I think we all experienced that with Magic Eraser when it launched. This is one of those situations where I'm not delighted by it. I still think it is, I, I feel uncomfortable with how realistic some of these edits are, but that's because it's not using generative fill. It's just using other 
versions of the same face and sort of trying to place them properly. But yeah, it did a. I I, I was very very impressed with this. Generally speaking, I think the the AI features on this phone are completely hit or miss, though. I mean, maybe best take is the because like even some of the more positive reviews I have seen of best take usually say there's like, oh, well, like this one was a total miss. But like, you know, the feature works pretty well most of the time or whatever. I mean, isn't that how all AI features are? I mean, I guess but that's uncannily right or just completely and utterly wrong. Yeah. Well, kind. Yes, kind of. But but I would say when they're I mean, I was watching the Chiefs uh, Broncos game last night which was uh, just arresting and like there were a lot of pixel 8 ads and and the pixel 8 is being sold on ai like straight up the marketing campaign for this phone is it is a phone with ai built in would you marry me and so you know it's gonna ride or die on on these features basically some of them are great i think the new read aloud feature is pretty solid like it it's not quite auto podcast right it's not quite like turn this editorial into a podcast but it's closer than anything i've heard yet of like sounding natural and getting that voice right I, it's it's impressive like i think we're like close to auto podcast and then ai wallpapers i think are a total miss i know some people love them i don't I get do it not like them i they don't get it i, I have seen they, they people, are universally bad i they're terrible if i don't know what to say to people who like them like i don't want to be like you have bad taste but like that's kind of how i feel like it's a super limited tool <laughs> like i i think i made a joke i did i'm glad james didn't edit this out i made a joke in the review that you cannot create a Kirby did 9-11 type controversy with this because that was what Bing uh, had on its hands like a week ago was a bunch of people putting Kirby in planes with buildings in the background. Wasn't that Facebook's AI? It was also Facebook. It was like it was like back to back stories of Bing and Facebook doing it. So Facebook (laughs) would like Messenger would let you make like Waluigi holding a gun and Bing would be like, like, here's SpongeBob in a plane. And 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 look at all the buildings in the background. There there were there were a few that I found very funny of like yeah. various cartoon characters like on the toilet just like having a bad time. Yeah. Hadouken! No, it was I, I think the way that they did it, where they kind of it's it's sort of a mad lib style process, and you have three adjectives that you know, or three words that you can manipulate in each one. I think that works. I just think the results are bad. I just think that the things that you can use it with are so limited right now that right. it makes it almost pointless. It, it's it's super, you can only select certain words in a phrase. So like a radiant blank flower in bloom would be for uh, uh, luminous, the luminous theme. And the, the blank is just color. It's just what color do you want? And to be honest, like I wasn't even particularly impressed with like, even simple stuff like that where you'd think it would just because there's one choice and the choice is color a couple of them are okay the like silence of the lambs style butterfly thing is fine the like x-ray insect thing but like for the most part like yeah i don't i don't think they're particularly good i'm also of the mindset of 
it's something that can be very easily upgraded later on via like app updates or whatnot. So I, I see that improving and it's such a small thing that I think that most people will try it once or twice, realize eh, it doesn't really do much and then move on. The AI features that really are going to make and break this phone are, again, like the magic eraser and the uh, the bard and assistant just for Google search or for settings and whatnot. Uh, being able to ask your phone to like do stuff and bard being able to help you like get where you need to go faster. Like, OK, I'm trying. I need this to stop. Which setting does that? I did want to pop back to cameras just yeah. one quick. There was never a really good time to cut in. So um, for the ultra wide, does the mm. 8 get the upgraded ultra wide the same as the Pro no. or is the 8 still stuck no. with the? Yeah, that's that's all I needed no. to hear. Thank you. We <laughs> should talk a little bit about the 8 too. I, we, I just saw what, what our record time is. So let's let's we like unless there's any specific like pro stuff left you want to hit uh, Daniel. No, I, I think the TLDR here is a lot of people are going to like this phone, but I think the 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 impressions, the uh the, the feelings that it left were Google is relying far too much on gated software features in order to sell a very oh, minor hardware refresh. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the right take. But it doesn't take away from the fact that this is Google's best hardware, period. And that in the world of Android, it's probably the best camera you can buy. And Unless you need the Ultra 10x zoom for the S23 Ultra, this is probably a better purchase than anything you can get. Like compared to the 999 S23 S23 Plus, I would take the Pixel every time. I think there are a lot of unknowns right now. I think the performance and the potential heat issues are legitimate, but not something most people are going to care about. And overall, I just think Google, with seven years of security and up and software. Or OS updates, you know, it's just a better overall phone. This is a very good year for Google. It just should have happened when smartphones were more interesting, like three or four years ago, right? The fact that every phone that's released is really good right now makes this one a really hard sell. That's it. No, I agree. My conclusion on the Pro is basically... I find that some of that AI stuff is underbaked or that I just don't particularly like using it. We didn't even talk. This is way too niche, but the assistant summarize feature where it sums up an article for you in the three bullet points, terrible. It's it, the, the bullet points are, are virtually useless on every article I tested it on. It's kind of hilarious how bad it is considering that's like basically what they want to do with search. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of that stuff can be ignored and you're left with a good phone. To your point, the only thing I'm hung up on is I was a little too quick to recommend Tensor G2 powered phones last year because I liked the 7 Pro when it came out, but it became very obvious very quickly that that chip had problems. And 9 out of 10, I stand by. That is higher than what I gave last year's phone. But if you are concerned about heat, I would not blame you for holding off and being like, let's see how this does long term. Like, I'm kind of doing that. I think it will be fine. I really didn't feel this phone get more than warm unless I was doing intensive stuff. But yeah, it is there. And, and I think it's worth pointing out. Anyway, the smaller eight, we should probably talk about that. Very briefly. I mean, I was surprised how many people were like, this is the best $700 phone you can buy. Mm -hmm. I think you had a very negative first impression of this. No, I mean, I think this phone is adorable and I want to use it. My problem is exactly what you just said, which is that they're gating off features for no reason other than to push people to a thousand dollar phone my issue is that i do not understand why this phone 
even smaller stuff where like why doesn't this have the same like really nice matte glass that the pro has it's clear google knows it's better it put it on the thousand dollar phone it's stuff like that where i'm like man like why didn't you just like you could have done like i'm not asking for all the camera lineups but like there is no reason to have even stuff like that's not here yet and i don't know maybe it'll ship in December and we'll be like, of course the Pixel 8 couldn't do this. It needed the extra four gigabytes of RAM in the Pro, but like stuff like Zoom Enhance, which is using the main sensor, it's a software feature that zooms into photos taken with the main sensor, which is the same across both phones. That would be very useful on the 8. I don't know why it's not going to get it, you know? Um, well, and the video boost thing. Video boost is not coming. Cloud. Uh, that yeah, you're right. It's it's done in the cloud and in, in Google Photos. It's literally not on device, and then it's not getting the on device AI model. They're saying that like the summarize for recorder feature that that takes your recording and summarizes that into bullet points. Who knows how that'll be? But that's Pixel Eight Pro exclusive when it ships in a few months. Like there's stuff like that where I'm like, way 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 too many limitations here for software. And again. Some of that stuff I don't even like, so it might not matter if my takeaway on the pro is that you can just ignore the AI stuff and you have a great phone and some of that stuff isn't here, then buy the $700 phone. But it's still like, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. That's it. I think it's about if you look at it on its own, just for the things that it does, it is a fantastic device, great value, but it could have been so much more. And this artificial gating really undermines the value. And that is a calamity for Google because I think it's making a case for the pro without earning it. I think that's problematic, right? So let's hold Google accountable for that and hopefully they'll change their mind. It is adorable though. I do want to say like it, it is such it's a tiny, friendly it's form very, factor. Very nice. Yeah, it's it's yeah. the pink is very pretty. I like it a lot. Um, it does hide fingerprints decently well that shade of pink i just wish it was it doesn't need to have hardware parity i'm not mad that it has a 1080p screen i'm not even mad that it's missing the telephoto like i expect that but just some of that software stuff man i'm just like befuddled that they're that they're going that route that's all okay pixel watch 2 yeah so i have not i i have one but i haven't had time to even set it up so i i don't have many Same. thoughts on this yeah. taylor gave it an 8 out of 10 the dominant message that i keep hearing about this, including in our own review, is that this is just a far more mature product. It has much better battery life, much more consistent performance, and the sensors are more robust, and the fitness tracking is just heads and shoulders above last year. That said, the actual objective tracking, the Fitbit metrics that you get are not as accurate as they are on the Apple Watch and, yeah. and, and, and garments. It's a Fitbit problem. And that's a Fitbit problem. That's always been a Fitbit problem. So if you want a new Android Wear smartwatch, Wear OS, sorry, buy this if you, unless you have a Samsung phone where you probably want a Galaxy Watch 6. I think that's the takeaway here, unless you need a much bigger device because this is this still only comes in one I was going to say, I, I still think the Galaxy Watch 6 has a better grasp on features mm -hmm. and uh, battery life because the Galaxy Watch 6 can still run circles around the Pixel Watch 2 for battery life. Because, yeah, the, they fixed the battery on the Pixel Watch, but that still only gets it to a day, and the Galaxy Watch can go like a day and a half to two days on the battery. 
I will also say that I also like the Galaxy Watch 6 more because you can use standard bands, don't have to go with these overpriced proprietary bands that you will never be able to use again. Well, you know what's even more bizarre about that, as I was reading through Taylor's review on, on Wednesday, is that Google is saying, I didn't even know this, that, that they're saying that first-gen Pixel Watch bands are compatible, but not all Pixel Watch 2 bands are backwards compatible. So like, even though it seems to be using, when you look at it, it, it the same mechanism, the same like rotating, you know, you click it in or whatever, you push and click. It must not be because you can't you can't use like it, we're two generations in and there's already some bands that don't work with the other watch for some reason. Like like I don't know. I I think Google's already kind of made a mess out of this and and it seems very unclear and confusing to me, a person who has done no research on it. Uh, uh, but but that's that's never uh, that's never a good sign. Truly not surprising. No, not surprising at all. But when you look at Apple and you see that we were at you know nine years of the apple watch and every band works on every apple watch and then you look at google and you're like how's it going over there guys and they're like it's really good we've got two watches um (laughs) they've got different chargers they look the same but one has pins now you can't use it on the other one uh and also lowered the charge speed on the other one right and 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 i mean i mean the you know look i'm not mad about the it's clear they wanted to use the fitbit stuff a year ago and they couldn't yet because when they were making the first one i mean i think they said this right that that, that, they didn't own fitbit yeah they didn't own fitbit yet when they were making the first watch so like i'm not surprised that they eventually switched to the because it's the same size charger it's just now got the pins It, it seems obvious that's what they wanted to do and it makes so much sense because the the magnets in the first pixel watch charger were fucking terrible but anyway oh and also like you can use your first gen bands on the watch 2 but not all watch 2 bands on the watch 1 and now we're selling watch 2 bands so uh good luck out there if you own a first gen watch or whatever and it's like guys like you gotta this cannot be that hard to get right it's just keeping stuff and i'm not even mad about the charger it's probably a fine change like but it, it just it's a bad look two generations in when you need like a, a flow chart to like know what accessories work with your watch. Yeah. I mean, maybe this won't be an issue in five, six years yeah. when they stick with exactly what they did this year and everybody with an original Pixel Watch has already traded up, but it's not a good look. I think Google will have to be consistent from here on out. If they ever change the charging and the band design again, there will. will be riots. They will. They're going to. I want to. I want to have hope here. You, I really want to have hope. I. I. I'm looking at Fitbit. I'm. I'm looking at Fitbit, and I'm. I'm thinking, what did Fitbit do? Because that seems to be. This is basically a Fitbit watch, right? Like, that's kind of what it is. And and so you know, I. I just. They're gonna change the charger. That's all I'm saying. They're gonna be like, we had You're to right. put different they're, sensors they're into the to. bottom, and we had to. We had to move the pins. The pins are There's different no now. Hope. Yeah. There's no hope. Oh, Google, what are you doing? <laughs> Okay, um, all right, let's talk quickly about the Chromebook Plus sta- uh, standard uh, what, what category. I'm not really sure how Google is describing it here, but walk us through what it is and what we can expect from the devices that are labeled as Chromebook Plus. Technically speaking, I would place this somewhere between a, cat- uh, a classification or a certification, but I just call it a category because they have separate software features that are exclusive. Um, So Chromebook Plus is Google's latest bid to try and simplify buying Chromebooks that are actually, you know, powerful enough to get all of your work done. 
So they have minimum hardware requirements that honestly a lot of Chromebooks already meet, but by putting plus on here and by having special software features that incentivize manufacturers in order to meet this, ideally Chromebook Plus should be the thing you look for to know that a Chromebook is quality moving forward. So the minimum hardware requirements are Intel Core or a certain level of an AMD processor, a minimum of eight gigabytes of RAM, a minimum of uh, 128 gigabytes of storage. For storage, I'm kind of bummed because it isn't, I don't believe it's uh, requiring it to be SSD storage, just that it has 128 gigabytes of oh, storage. Oh, so it can be... Because um, some of these, because yeah, because some of yeah. these still have a UFS storage. Some of these still have flash storage. Touchscreen is not required, which is another bummer to me, but I also just believe that all Chromebooks should have touchscreens. It does need a 1080p IPS display. Though, it does need, yeah, it does have to be full HD, which is nice. And a, and a 1080p plus uh, webcam, so it needs a full HD webcam too. Yes, the webcam requirement is new and is important, as is their uh, special sauce for having, uh, for the camera slash web call controls, which I have admittedly not gotten to use very much in the week and change time I've had with these Chromebooks, mostly because we've had stuff going on and I've been mostly joining calls from my desktop computer instead of my laptop. So I, I need to remember to use that. But uh, yeah, the focus on like, oh, you're buying this for work. You're obviously going to be taking meetings on this. You need to have a webcam that looks good and you need to be able to sound good while you're on your call. Having a, uh, I, I, at the, the Chromebook Plus feature that I am absolutely in love with is the overhauled control center, like quick settings thing, because they've moved the notifications over to its own tab. So it's not mucking up or so you're not having to try and juggle having the, uh, the control center and the notifications on the same panel and having them block each other. It makes the quick settings far easier to use. You're not having to swipe back and forth between two uh, pages of quick settings. And it's easier to switch between things like night sight and or nightlight and God, I'm trying to remember what the other one was. But all of this display related quick settings are tapped in right next to this uh, to the brightness slider. All of your audio related settings, including the ability to change uh, your microphone source, which has not been something we see very often on Chromebooks, uh, has been looped in next to the volume controls under a uh, special toggle. So wait, this is only available on chromebook plus certified laptops for now why i don't know that that feels capricious for like i, I thought mean, it was part of particularly for chrome os which has been fairly democratic about allowing even i the thought this slowest was just part of the material i just i thought this was just part of the material U stuff for rolling out but material U has rolled out to my other chromebooks my other chromebooks do not have this style of quick settings I would imagine this is probably, yeah, a branch of Chrome OS that's been optimized for the more powerful set of Chromebook Plus laptops and will eventually trickle down to all Chrome OS devices. I cannot imagine Google creating a separate branch of Chrome OS that just works on slightly more powerful ones. If Chromebook Plus gets it first and then regular Chromebooks get it after like six to 12 months, I'd be okay with that. But I, I am absolutely in love with it. And it makes me, it makes my brain hurt whenever I go back to some of my other Chromebooks and I'm like, but every everything's in a different place now. So 
I haven't gotten to test file sync as much. I need to start testing the file sync more, mostly because we are now allowing like you have all of this extra storage and for Chromebooks, you usually don't need a whole lot of storage to begin with outside of just however gargantuanly big your Chrome po profile has gotten like mine is because I'm pretty sure my Chrome profile is the better part of 20 gigabytes. So it's being able to sync files, especially being able to sync like media and like have my music library just automatically downloaded for if the internet goes down and I need something to listen to or having the essential files for work so that if I'm like on a plane or something, I can just keep working even if I'm not willing to pay 10 bucks for Wi-Fi. Yeah, I mean, that's that's excellent. I'm glad to hear that. Again, no idea why it's not available on more uh, on, on non Chromebook Plus certified products, but I'm assuming within six months or so it will be available. All right. That's it. We're going to we're going to stop there this week. There are a few more things. OnePlus is teasing the OnePlus Open, which is launching next week. We got our first look at that. It's a foldable. It looks like the Find N2. It's got a mute switch. Don't they know action buttons are in now? Come on. I mean, yeah, I mean, please. they 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 should have known, obviously. <laughs> but everything else about this is still I think there there's a lot of hope that this will be a viable competitor to the Galaxy Z Fold 5 in the US. I think the Pixel Fold came and went and nobody really cares about it anymore. It was I would say the Pixel Fold has been a failure. I had to I, I literally just bit my tongue. I was like, mm, we don't have 20 more minutes. <laughs> I mean we do, but we don't. I, so I, just I just call don't, a spade I just a spade. don't like that phone. I just Yeah, and a lot of people agree with you. I think there are there is hope that this will have the same form factor yeah. but also not have the same issues as the pixel fold so if they let's can make that it for next lighter week. than the 280 grams that the pixel fold is i'll give it a 10 that's not true i'm not i'm not that's, <laughs> that's not true yeah. <laughs> so, let's just say there's a good chance that next week we'll be able to talk more yeah about yeah this, we'll we'll talk about the uh, event and and whatever they announce but god the pixel fold is so fucking heavy i hate holding that phone it's too heavy and then there was the uh, the Oppo Find N3 Flip that launched this week. We'll talk more about that next week. We should also I say uh, uh, we're we're coming up on it, but the the release date I think is in two weeks. But the 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 Razer uh, is finally coming to the states. Oh yeah, uh, that's and true. that's they just if you're that. if you're interested in a cheap foldable, that thing is six hundred dollars during its pre order period. It's going to be seven hundred normally, but six hundred bucks for a clamshell might be good mid range clamshell. That's kind of cool. I don't know. Mm -hmm. that's it all right we're gonna leave it there so lots to talk about next week will ara thank you so much as always for being here if uh you listening we love you thank you for being here as well if you have any feedback for us podcast and androidpolice.com how are you feeling about the pixel 8 series we want to hear from you or the pixel are fold. you buying it you want to you want to rant about the fold we'll read that on air or that that's <laughs> that's fair as well we've been we've been receiving some some pretty lengthy rants recently which i love so send more of those let us know what you want to Tell hear. Tell me what you bought on Prime Day. Oh, God. Let me, let me know what who else uh, air purifiers. withstand their willpower on Prime Day. I don't think anybody knew about this Prime Day. That's the problem. Eh. But if you did, yeah, sure, you can, you can send us what you bought, too. Until next week, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.